Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the restoration. So I'm very excited, folks, to have a special guest on who's come on uh, once before. Um, you know, I had talked about how we, us little guys got to stick together. And so Robert, from Book of Mormon Editions, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me back. I'm honored. I guess I did a good enough time the first time to be invited back. So that's an honor. Well, and doing the shout out video really helped too. <laughs> so yeah, Robert did a really cool shout out video, which forced my hand because I had his, his the interview I did with him in the, in the inventory and I'm like, oh, okay. So I said, okay, dude, you're up next, you're slotted. Right. And uh, so he did a so book. So Robert is a YouTuber and it, tell us a, the name of your channel and a little bit of what it's about. So my new, my YouTube channel is called Book of Mormon Editions. And uh, where my phrase is, we discuss printings, publications, and various editions of the Book of Mormon. And uh, it, it kind of morphed and started with uh, my own personal collection. Um, I was a book collector of editions of the Book of Mormon, and I was looking to try to find um, how to look at a specific edition, and there was no book review on it. And so I decided to start doing some videos on how to collect an edition or this is what you look for when you look for a specific edition. And uh, it seems like everyone does mechanics, you know, mechanics videos and things like that. No one did a book review on uh, editions of the Book of Mormon. So I thought it would be pretty interesting for me to do um, videos on it. So my videos is usually um, one video per edition of the Book of Mormon. So that way you can get a general sense of if you want to collect it and then what's inside it. And then also it's also morphed in talking about who the publishers are or why it was printed in the first place. And so I think what we're going to do is we're, we're, we're this is kind of a collaboration and I think we're going to just call this episode unusual book of Mormon editions or something along that line. And, yeah. and when I, now in one sense to Robert and I, they're not very unusual because we're steeped in this world. But to many of my viewers who are, you know, are, are, are of a particular branch of the restoration, they may only be familiar with their particular Book of Mormon and maybe the main branch, the, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints editions. And um, so we thought, let's just have a little conversation about some of our, um, so the, as you all know, I did a book reviews, of, an evangelical reviews is Books of Mormon edition. And I'm going to probably do a part two because I'm going to discuss some of the new uh, acquisitions of my collection. Um, and so let's just start talking about our unusual editions of the Book of Mormon. Robert, what do you, what do you got lined up for me here? Well, for some background as well. Sure. Um, it's been interesting as the calculations that I've ran through and all of the publications of news stories around, hey, we are printing a new edition of the Book of Mormon and things like that. In terms of context, 90% of all editions of the Book of Mormon has been published through or been influenced by Salt Lake Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I mean, the, the missionary Book of Mormon is massive in terms of its quantity printed. And so um, of that 90%, I would say, uh, you know, 80% of the Salt Lake editions are missionary Book of Mormons. And then the other ones are like commentaries and, you know, various uh, Deseret book, um, study guides, things like that. And so because of it, it's kind of interesting. The real fun part is the 10% of non Salt Lake editions or, you know, unusual books that uh, kind of make it. So I don't mean to spend 90% of my time on Salt Lake missionary editions, because that'd be pretty, pretty boring. And so it's really the fun, you know, fringe, not say fringe, but like the lesser known editions that are just as important and, and worthy of addition, uh, worthy of videos. Yeah. And that is, that's the cool part about all this is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of different various branches in the restoration have come up with, and there have been people who have come up with their own, you know, translations and additions, you know, as, as a kind of a, a, just something they do just because they love the book of Mormon. And, and yeah. it's a, and so it's really interesting. Just it, sometimes it tells you a lot about the person who did the translation as well as the organization perhaps they took different directions in uh retranslating if you will or maybe making corrections in their mind to the text and it often is reflective of that movement and their beliefs and and uh and and of course on my side and i think we discussed this in our last interview is that we we tend to come up with a new translation of the of the bible about every six months or so <laughs> and it's often reflective of the individual and the organization that's putting out that publication so it's a similar parallel um, that we have in our in our particular uh, religious traditions. Um, 
So the other part, interesting, some church history is, oh, originally the editions that we talk about that are foundational editions is obviously the, the 1830 edition of the Book of Mormon. This was like a reprint and let's see what that. So this is kind of what it looks like in terms of an 1830 reprint edition. So everyone loves these 1830 copies of the Book of Mormon. Um, and just so you know, I here's my copy. Say I nice. think we got the same uh, RL, RLDS edition there. Yeah. So in the 1970s, uh, the RLDS group um, came out. But uh, some history behind that is um, there was a gentleman by the name of Wilfred Wood who went back to Palmyra and actually collected some of the um, printing sheets and uh, various details. And he printed one. Where is it? He printed one called Joseph Smith Begins His Work. Oh, wow. And it's by Wilfred Wood. And this is one of the first um, replicas of an 1830 edition of the Book of Mormon. And uh, it was printed in like the 50s, 60s. And uh, he was actually the one who um, got the, um, what's called? The printer's manuscript? Yeah, no, not the printer's manuscript, but um, pamphlets, like the, the folded, the 16 pages folded down. And um, he got those and gave them to the church and then also photocopied, not photocopied, but like imaged them so that he created um, like a, a first replica of an 1830 edition of the Book of Mormon. So when you um, say pamphlets, what do you mean? 16 page pamphlets. Okay, they're called signatures. And uh, the signatures basically instead of it printing like a five by six, you'd print like a, a 20 by 30 page of paper. And uh, oh wow! It'd, it'd be on this kind of sheet of paper, and you okay. you print both sides, and then it'd fold it down. Huh. Then you'd um, you'd stitch that edge into your binding, and okay. then you'd you'd trim the edges, and that way you'd have sixteen pages instead of printing one page at a time. You'd actually print sixteen pages on a a signature page, a signature pamphlet. Now, was that put out by somebody from the RLDS or from the LDS church? So um, this was out of the Palmyra, uh, the Palmyra edition of the Book of Mormon. So these guys um, did pretty good in terms of researching um, the paper, the weight, the size, you know, what it looked like and did a pretty good um um, pretty good edition of the Book of Mormon. And so often they have these little signature pages or the signature pamphlets that you can get um, that are still uncut and unstitched. So, And so the guy who did the, the edition in the 1950s, he was, that's, that, that was what he was working off of? Yeah, so there was a couple of these um, extra from the, from the printer or leftover in, in collectors. And so he got these um, signature pamphlets and gave them to the church and then, um, you know, printed, uh, re did a reprint. So it's good by Wilford Wood. And if you do kind of some history, Wilford Wood was a researcher slash collector. And uh, Wilford Wood did uh, an 18, you know, he was important in Palmyra to preserve some of the artifacts in Palmyra or, you know, uh, the things like that that he scrounged up. So, um, so the 1830 edition is, you know, uh, they're hard to come by. And I recognize that um, when they moved from Palmyra to Kirtland and Kirtland to Missouri, and then especially in uh, Missouri with Hans Mill, and um, they almost left with, you know, clothes on their backs to go to Nauvoo. Um, editions of the Book of Mormon were always ransacked and burned first by the mobs and things like that. And so um, Joseph Smith did an 1837 Kirtland edition. And then they, he also did when he went into Nauvoo in 1842, Nauvoo edition. So some fun uh, trivia and history behind it is um, the 1842 edition from Nauvoo was the last edition that um, Joseph Smith touched. And so a lot of researchers like the 1842 edition because um, there were edits on each particular time. Um, he would go through it and edit or do some clarity words um, updates. And so the 1842 was the last one that he did. What was interesting is Brigham Young and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles were called to be missionaries and left um, before everyone went to Nauvoo. And so Brigham Young took an 1837 Kirtland edition to England 
and went to a printer in England and said, print me Book of Mormons for, my, for the uh, England mission. And so your, your prints of 1800s England uh, editions are from an 1837 Kirtland uh, text rather than the updated 1842 text, which also means that when Brigham Young came back and helped the saints move to Utah, he had the printing plates from England that brought with them. And so the Salt Lake texts were actually from an 1837 origination text that he you know, took and, and brought back from England. So your 1842 edition was um, the most updated, but unfortunately Brigham Young never was in that area. So he had a 1837 edition. So um, this is why your, your Salt Lake texts and your RLDS texts have some different texts, um, word differences. And so in the 1970s, when the RLDS church and the Salt Lake church were kind of getting together, the 1981, um, the 1981 edition um, was one that they actually looked at the RLDS um, text and said, oh yeah, there is updates from 1842 um, Nauvoo. And uh, that's why they did quite a few changes in the 1981 format. Um, and so everyone uh, modern time says, oh, it's so sensational that they made so many changes to the 18 1981 Book of Mormon. And unfortunately, it's not as sensational as critics think because it just you know happened that this was the flow of you know which which edition was used, and by 1981 they kind of collaborated to um, get a good updated 1981 edition. So the 1981 edition is actually more in line with what Joseph Smith, where he wanted it to go. Yeah, I think the Salt Lake Church is very comfortable, very uh, was very happy with the result of an 18 the 1981. Um, uh, um printing yeah um you know i just i just have a quick question because you're lds and uh -huh. when when the claim is made this is the most correct book ever uh and then but then all these changes were made i just yeah. how do you respond to that good question and in the introduction they say if there's any errors it's the errors of men and i think the most correct is that they the message of the book of mormon is to come unto the savior come unto jesus and if you have an ability to read the Book of Mormon and draw closer to Jesus in a way that's different than any other avenue or any other mechanism, then that's what we're talking about, the most correct book. So, um, yeah, I, I don't take uh, too much. Uh, I'm not too critical of edits because, well, in the Book of Mormon, there's a word, the word faggots is used, and that's actually for flames of a, of a was it flames of a fire, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so if will that ever be changed to flames of a fire and not use that word because it's now such a, a, a weird word in today's modern language? Certainly. I don't know. Yeah. And so we do have a privilege of updating, uh, updating words if the meaning has changed over time that we now need to correct the meaning back to what we want it to be so and of course you know the evangelicals just love to go after you guys but we're the ones that are quote unquote making corrections to our bible all the time yeah. and we're supposedly the infallible you know, to believe it's infallible um so you know i think it's important that we just maybe be a little bit more uh respectful and a little more uh compassionate uh towards each other um yeah. speaking of okay so so now this is the fun part for Robert and I, because yeah. we have to be careful. Some of these are personal editions that people have. So we got to make sure we cover their, cover their names before we put it on camera. <laughs> and so, um, and so um, this is actually my latest acquisition. So just so you don't know, folks, yesterday, um, I attended my very first Community of Christ service in the okay. greater Bradenton, Sarasota Metroplex, let's just call it. And... So I get there, and uh, the night before, I talked to the pastor of the church. Uh, she's a wonderful person, and uh, she wasn't quite sure where I was coming from at first, but then we talked for a while, and then she realized, why don't you come to church tomorrow? And I said, you know, I was going through my collection, and I realized I didn't have a Community of Christ edition of the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. How could I have slipped by? And so she said, you know what? I think I got an extra copy. Um, I'll, br I'll bring it. So I'm sitting in the pews, and this lady comes up, walks up, and she opens up her, she sits down next to me, opens up her purse and gives me this copy of the Book of Mormon. So this is the RLDS DS edition. This is based, I think, in the 1950s edition. Um, and yeah, so this was copyright 1953. 
um, eighth printing, February 1971. Uh, tell me just a little bit about the RLDS Book of Mormon. So the RLDS Book of Mormon was patterned after the uh, 1842 Nauvoo edition mm -hmm. that we talked about. Yep. And so when Joseph Smith III um, was asked to lead the reorganized ch church or so, um, they did a pretty good job in terms of organizing the people that didn't move to Utah. And so um, they printed one in... They, they printed an edition in 1874, and it's a, it's a 1874 edition of the Book of Mormon. But the thing is, they used this 1874 printing up through the 1890s. So it was printed and printed and printed with the 1874, um, let's say copyright by the 1884 mm -hmm. printing stamp on it. Yep. And so um, the RLDS Church took that. What was significant in it about the turn of the century David Whitmer's estate had the printer's manuscript from Oliver Cowdery. When Oliver Cowdery um, died, he was at the home of David Whitmer, and David Whitmer had uh, Oliver Cowdery had the printer's manuscript. And so, in the 1900s or the turn of the century of 1900, um, those that family went to the RLDS Church and offered them the printer's manuscript, and that was a wonderful experience because the RLDS Church took that and made in 1908 printing of the Book of Mormon. And so your 1908 RLDS um, printing is a benchmark for um, referring back to the printer's manuscript of the Book of Mormon. And so all of your 1900s books is from um, the 1908 uh, edition. Um, shortly after, in, in the 1980s, uh, the RLDS Church um, updated their doctrine a little bit, and in the year 2000, they changed to what they called the Community of Christ, I think. And they use this particular one uh, right now, and this is, if you have it, it's Community Christ. So um, it, it kind of just depends on when your book is printed. Usually they'll say the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or after 2000, they have Community Christ as their as their printing publisher listing. So Now, didn't they also came out with an edition of the Book of Mormon in the 1960s that removed a lot of, and it came to pass. Yeah. Of course you got it. Awesome. This is interesting because the cover and the, the dusk, this is the one with the dust cover and the dust cover has some reformed Egyptian on it, but uh, the 1966 authorized edition had um, the RLS took church, as mentioned, they took some liberty on taking out some and that came to passes. And there's a lot of and it came to passes that are just repeated on every phrase or every um, verse and they said, if it's redundant, they they took it out. And I, once again, I'm not a critic of it. I think that they had a privilege of doing so if it meant that their readers could be could read better, easier, faster, or or draw closer to the message with it. And that was fine for them. But yeah, they they have in the the authorized current edition has a lot of um, and it came to pass phrases taken out. Okay. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's cool to know. So I wanted to talk a little bit about one that's also based. Um, this is, so just to give you a little history, my friend Patrick McKay presented me this beautiful leather bound edition of the Book of Mormon. It's the Restored Covenant edition, yeah. and it's printed by the Zarahemla Research Foundation. You have a copy of this, right? You did a review yeah. of this, right? And, um, and so I spoke at the Book of Mormon rally in Independence, Missouri last month. And he presented me this copy, which I am That's so clear. honored by it. Yeah. And this, just to give you a little history, what they did was they um, use a lot of the 1908 edition, but they also made some changes uh, and, and stuff and some corrections. I'll wash this out a little bit, but it's more set up in a poetic format. And they also uh, do something that's unique to, well, it's becoming more common. We'll talk about that. Um, but they have, this is also a red letter edition. Yes. So red letter editions are um, words of the Savior. And in the, in the Old Testament, I mean, in the New Testament, in your traditional Bibles, they have uh, all of your Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, words of the Savior in red letter. And it kind of highlights what Jesus said. Um, and so um, when uh, Book of Mormon has words of the Savior, especially in 3 Nephi, um, it's really fun to see red letter editions in a Book of Mormon setting as well. So one of the, my favorite things I like to do is go to an evangelical and open up third Nephi and say, look at all this, dude. Look at all the words of Christ in red. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm actually friends with a, a, someone who's currently a missionary. He just graduated for the MTC last month and I'm in contact with him. 
Right. And I told him about, about this edition. I said, man, you guys, you guys got to go and do your red letter editions and you can go to evangelicals. He said, well, actually they make us highlight them in red. I said, oh, of course they're gonna have the missionaries do that, do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a good exercise. Yeah. So um, that one, the Zarahemla Research Foundation is based out of Independence, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And um, they do pretty interesting. The community of Christ did have some uh, updates to their doctrine that a lot of, that some members always don't have a, don't jive with. And um, so there's a few branches that have moved off called the restoration branches. And so the restoration branches um, adhere to some of the old um, foundational principles of the RLDS community. And so they use that Zarahemla Research Foundation. Um, another one is Price Publishing that they have um, a 1908 reprint. And so um, it's it's useful um, if you don't want a Community of Christ edition, but you are in Independence, Missouri kind of area or following that uh, there's a value on those uh, Zarahemla Research Foundation editions. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's a it's a really cool edition, and um, it's it's really just fascinating to hear this history. And so just so you know, the, the history a little bit is as actually yeah. Patrick told me that his particular congregation was the very first congregation to leave. In 1984, when the uh, RLDS started going in a more mainline liberal yeah. Protestant direction, so he was there from the start, and so essentially these particular they call them independent branches. Now some of them have formed with a prophet who's a direct descendant often of Joseph Smith, and others okay. have chosen not to uh, formally have a prophet. They just have yep. the highest office as apostle, um, and so that basically all those groups use basically use this edition and the 1908 that's just yeah. kind of you know that's the context of, of that particular edition yeah um so the restoration branches either are um um you know we as mentioned independent or a few of them have kind of merged into is called the restored there's well there's remnant no, Rem like Remnant Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. So at this particular time, um, they're big enough, but they don't have their edition, their own edition of the Book of Mormon. So the, yeah, they do use that edition and also the uh, Price Publishing 1908 reprint. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, sooner or so. later, sooner or later, they'll make their own their own printing. So but at this point, they don't. So have you talked to them actually about that? About that? A couple of times. Uh, every year or so, I kind of check in with them to see how they're doing. Um, their first prophet was a um, direct descendant of Joseph Smith through through a through a mother's line or something like that, and um, their next leader actually is not a direct yeah. descendant, um, and so it'll be interesting seeing um, in the next couple of years how they do. Um, but at this particular time, the remnant remnant church um, doesn't have an edition of the Book of Mormon printed. So, so let's see. Uh... You got any other editions? I, I got my minds piled up. Why don't you throw one out there and let's talk about it. <laughs> um, I'll go back to Salt Lake. Um, okay. As mentioned, Salt Lake editions, um, most of them are missionary editions, but then there's uh, either BYU professors or um, other church leaders or something like that that do what did I call study guide editions of the Book of Mormon and often a lot of people love this one and my wife kind of swears by this one it's called Book of Mormon Made Easier it's three volumes and anytime a volume of the Book of Mormon is bigger than the Book of Mormon itself you know there's a lot of stuff in it but this is by uh, David Ridges and so a lot of um, your LDS community will have these three volumes in your study guide for um, for study guide or their, they'll be in their bookshelves for, for that. So Book of Mormon made easier. I, I, uh, I haven't reviewed this one yet because I know it's just a lot of, a lot of work in this and compliment to him, but three volumes for the Book of Mormon means there's a lot more reading than just the Book of Mormon itself. So what is it like a commentary or what, what, what is, what exactly are they yeah. doing with the text? Um, the text is the Book of Mormon, and then it goes into um, commentary around it, around significance, around why that verse is there, or um, LDS general authority commentary um, quotes about that particular verse or so. And so a lot of it, your study guides are the text of the Book of Mormon, and then commentary around that particular text. So yeah, Book okay. of Mormon made it easier, but 
uh, if it's more volume, I wonder if it's easier. So, <laughs> so has that helped you? You said your wife really enjoys it. Has it helped you in your personal study of the Book of Mormon? Yeah. So last year, um, last year the Salt Lake Church did um, like a heavy emphasis on the Book of Mormon, and so she read that um, Book of Mormon made easier while she was reading the Book of Mormon through the whole year, and she said that she really liked it um, and it gave more clarity around why various um, uh, phrases are there or um, significant portions of that in terms of more clarity around the Book of Mormon itself. Oh, interesting. Um, so I want to, I want to get back to doing commentaries, but, but I have a few I want to talk to you about too, but before we yeah. get in, into the commentary part, because, because I, I we could probably do another episode about that, but I wanted to maybe just go on to um, a couple more additions that I have, and then we'll 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 circle back. Um, I wanted to show you this edition, which is um, you have, of course, this is the Book of Mormon from the uh, Church of Jesus Christ, uh, based in Monongahela. Pennsylvania. I finally figured out how to say Monongahela, by the way. I think that's how you say it. Um, Pennsylvania. And I like to refer to them as the Pentecostal cousins uh, of the Restoration. Um, yeah. Two Sundays ago, I was presented this by one of the, uh, by Josh Gailey, who was a, a guest on my program. And then he said, and then we got the Songs of Zion hymn book coming on, on its way too, by the way, for you, Steve. So um, this is a really cool edition because it's also red letter. And, mm -hmm. and this is very, this is actually, similar to their missionary edition, except that this one's leather bound. I like how clear the, um, the text the, is. The, yeah, the text yeah. is really easy to read. So yeah, it's really good. One. What was interesting about that one is the, their, their introduction says that they actually took several editions of the Book of Mormon, an 1830, a um, Salt Lake text, a 1908 edition, and I, like a couple of other significant ones and kind of, let's say did a collaboration, but did a cross comparison so that they um, printed their own edition from it. Um, unfortunately, uh, that particular group didn't have original texts like Salt Lake or the RLDS church had. And so they actually had to take um, sources and kind of do a collaboration. So they did a pretty good job in terms of um, getting as best as they could with all of the sources they could to create their edition of the Book of Mormon. And I, I like the red letter, red letter feature on that one as well. When, when was their first edition published of the Book of Mormon? <sighs> so this one is their, let's say missionary edition, but it's their paperback edition. And it's just a uh, red burgundy soft cover edition. And I think, Let's see. I should, I should text Josh Gailey right now and just say, hey, when was your first edition? Yeah, hey, when was your first edition? <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, they don't have, maybe you can find in yours, but they don't have printing dates in the uh, ones that they have. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. So I, but did they have it, did they print an edition in the 19th century? Yes, I think okay. um, like the ones that I have were were refurbished or retexted in about the 1990s, and I think previously that they had you know editions going going through their 1900s or so. Okay, okay, that's cool. Um, you know the cool thing about and I mentioned this in our last interview how you and I are very similar. Um, I think we're kind of the same person in some ways because you took as an LDS person you took the time to go to one of their church services. Yeah. And I made a point that the very first church in the restoration that I visited was their church here <laughs> north of Tampa. And so we've both been to service. So maybe just talk a little bit about your experience uh, going to their service. Um, I, I'm not an expert from just one visit, but uh, they were very welcoming. Um, they knew we were from kind of the Salt Lake group, um, but we were local and we went in and um, they do what I call like a testimony meeting where like it's an open mic to express your feelings about the savior. And so they did an open mic and, and pass the mic around and, and you could see that there were a lot of um, really sincere people that really wanted to do the best they could. Um, they do have a sacrament service and they, you know, emphasize those that are members of the church can certainly do that. And so we watched a sacrament service and um, the, the lead leader i'm not sure if it's a pastor or what they call themselves but uh, the lead person did a 
um, like a five, 10 minute um, sermon or so. And uh, you could just feel that it was pretty, um, pretty welcoming. Um, they had a coffee hour and uh, donuts and coffee hour afterwards as well. So it was kind of a munch and mingle afterwards too. So, so I've been uh, just two weeks ago, I went to my second service at a a particular congregation in Cape Coral, Florida. Give a shout out to you guys. I know I got a lot of viewers now from the Church of Jesus Christ. Had a wonderful time with their service. And, uh, you know, it was just so cool. The first time I entered in and was felt, now they all knew I was coming. They, many of them watched my videos already. And uh, so I, I just had a wonderful experience. If you watch my interview with Josh Gailey, everybody, I think you'll know that the spirit, uh, you could sense that I felt the spirit in that particular service. And uh, the people are just absolutely awesome and welcoming, and they have welcomed me into their family. Um, I feel like I'm kind of like an honorary member of that church in many ways. <laughs> so a shout out to also their uh, their hymn books. Um, yes. half, half their hymns are, if you will, modern day um, gospel singing. And then um, it's interesting kind of going through the index and seeing some of the authors of the, the music. Um, W.W. Phelps is an old uh, church history name, and W.W. Phelps was so uh, the one that was some had some influence on the very first um, LDS or um, Joseph Smith hymn book with Emma Smith, and so they do have some W.W. Phelps um, "Spirit of God Like a Fire" or half a dozen others. It's real fun to kind of see. Oh yeah, those are those are original uh, original hymns from original days. They they still have those uh laced in around their their hymns as well so yeah it's it's everybody watched my interview with becky, uh, becky tarbuck uh, the songs of zion hymnal one of the most remarkable hymn, hymnals ever produced <laughs> it's one of the coolest stories i've ever been able to tell and this, it's an untold story so the one thing and let's emphasize one of the things that i would describe the church of jesus christ is they are a singing church they love to yeah. sing yeah. and and it's fun to worship with them um so now would you got an addition you want to throw at me yeah so I did a I did a review on this one, and this is kind of one of the family favorites. It's called the street legal um, oh, yeah. <laughs> street legal version of Mormon's book, uh -huh. and the guy was reading the Book of Mormon uh, through, and while he was reading, he um, he journaled and he rewrote the verses in his own. Um, was in his own writing or so, and his introduction says a street legal car is a souped up, not so much driven too often, but kind of souped up street legal version of a car that you can still drive, but it's still cool and, and um, not driven too often. And this street legal version, the same thing, it's souped up. And uh, it just, the, the, the humor in it is so funny in terms of like, um, uh, when Nephi is speaking, he says, um, you know, is it? Yeah, the God, uh, like talking about uh, um, when Nephi is trying to get the, the plates of brass, he says the guard saw all this and got scared himself. Um, he hadn't found uh, Lehi's headless corpse yet, but he's frozen, said, um, let's get out of here. And just just fun stuff in terms of the, the street legal version of the Mormon's book. So if you want to read a paraphrased uh, edition of the Book of Mormon, um, the street legal uh, version of Mormon's book was was one of the family favorites. Oh, that's awesome. And that was produced by a faithful member of your branch? Yeah, actually a BYP professor of music. Oh, so that's really cool. That's yeah. awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, I remember you're doing your commentary. I'm like, probably like your number one fan of your channel, by the way. So, you know. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so um, well, another, I want to talk, this is really a cool addition that you did. You did a review of, and of course I had one of the, um, people who was kind of like in charge of the process of creating this particular book. It's called the stick of Joseph in the hand of Ephraim. Yeah. Um, and you have the hardcover edition and yeah. I got the goatskin edition. Talk a little bit about that. So um, the stick of Joseph in the hand of Ephraim is a third party edition that's independent of Salt Lake. Um, they tried to tailor the words in English, but all of the proper names um, go back to a Yiddish or a um, Hebraic um, version. And so they try to pattern a English uh, text of the Book of Mormon into more of a Hebraic um, book for uh, people who read in English but have Jewish traditions. 
can understand the Book of Mormon a little better. They don't call it the Book of Mormon. They call it the stick of Joseph in the hand of Ephraim. I think the Book of Mormon, probably to a Jewish background, would have a bias already. And so if they uh, want to present this to somebody with a Hebrew background, stick of Joseph in the hand of Ephraim uh, makes sense because they know um, the 12 tribes of Israel. And if the Jews are part of the 12 tribes of Israel, this was the, um, the writings of Joseph and Ephraim. So, And just to give you an example, folks, like they took all the Book of Mormon names and um, gave, them, gave them a Hebraic format. So Mosiah is Moshiah. Mm -hmm. is, is what it's called and it's translated by joseph ben joseph yeah joseph, joseph son, of, son of joseph and uh let's see yeah zedekiah um yeah zedekiah uh judah um let's see uh, uh helaman was the was the most interesting one that i saw like it was the hebrew word of helaman was a uh, helam yeah, ch and, and things like that so um yeah and it's weird because i asked them like eater instead of eater, Shalem, Shalem. Said, yeah you know the jaredites were not hebrew so why would they have used a hebrew name for ether i just thought that was kind of an interesting choice they made <laughs> yeah. um but once again they try to do as best as they can in terms of creating a hebrew styled book of mormon um and but once again the words are in english but uh it's hebraic style English enough that um, somebody from a Jewish background would would understand a little bit better. So so maybe we could just talk briefly about, about the history. Like a lot of one of the things when I talked with Adrian about this particular edition is we talked about how there actually technically isn't a Hebrew language version of the Book of Mormon that has been produced by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Maybe talk yeah. a little bit about that. They tried to, um, but the story and the history that most people know and is that um, the church has the BYU Center in Jerusalem, which is the school in Jerusalem that's a branch of Brigham Young University. And in order for Brigham Young University to have um, a presence in the land of Israel, um, the, the church promised that they would not proselyte while any students of Brigham Young University would be there. So um, I have several friends that went to BYU Israel or BYU Jerusalem, and they had to kind of sign a, a disclosure agreement saying that they would not proselyte while they are um, in Israel or while they're in, in at BYU. And so that also um, extends to they, they don't have a Book of Mormon in Hebrew um, from the church specifically. Now, um, to let your reader, to let your viewers know, um, there was a Book of Mormon printed in Hebrew from the RLDS Church in the 1980s, and that's on my list to review pretty quickly or pretty soon. You have a so, copy of that? Um, it's coming. Oh, cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's coming. Um, but once again, the RLDS Church did print a Hebrew um, Book of Mormon. I, I've also heard that there's a couple of uh, individuals that did their best translation on a PDF file of a Hebrew Book of Mormon. I don't know the quality and I, I think it hasn't caught on too much. So I think that the quality is subpar um, enough that uh, I, I know that there's PDF versions of a Hebrew Book of Mormon, but there's not been a published one uh, specifically from the Salt Lake Church. And um, it'll be interesting if a third party has a privilege of doing that sometime soon. They do because they don't have an obligation of having BYU Jerusalem. So a third party can do it. So yeah. So if there is a, you know, a potential third party out there that could do it, you know, um, that could, It'll happen. Uh, that yeah. could happen. That eventually will happen, obviously. Um, and so uh, let's see, I've got my book of Mormons lined up and I think I've covered most of them. Now, a couple of things I wanted to say about um, a couple of things I like to do is collect book of Mormons that have writing in them yeah. um, that are like personalized. So I'll do, I'll get the missionary editions. This is actually a quad, right? This is a, yeah, a quad. And this was owned, okay, cover the name, uh, owned by a young girl. I found it at a, a bookstore and it tells a very unique story. And she, tons of highlighting. Um, it really touched me actually just reading this because you can tell, you know, what, what happened? You know, did she find her man? Is she still in the church? Is she 
uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of, is she, you know, how, how's she doing? You know, this is from, yeah. I figure she was about 15 or 16 years old, around 20 years ago when she was doing this. And I think it's important. I feel a real connection. And if my green screen's messing up, folks, I'm sorry, I'm still learning how to do green screen. Uh, but um, it's a really, I feel like, uh, you know, somebody took the time to write something in the Book of Mormon. Maybe they were giving it to a family member or somebody at work. Um, and I thought, okay, whenever I come across one of those, I'm, I'm buying it because I think it adds to, it's, it's part of the voices that I'm trying to assemble to collect all the different voices of the restoration and kind of let them say their own story. And sometimes these Book of Mormons that have writing in them tell a story. Yeah, um, ha half the time, some of them are what we call seminary editions where they get one for their high school seminary and they print it, you know, they write it up and things like that. And then unfortunately, maybe it's, it gets discarded or put in a, a goodwill pile or a thrift store pile um, so that you get that. Um, it's always interesting that every book probably has a story on where it was printed, whose hands it's touched and, and uh, things like that. So yeah, it's real fun to, to see it. Often, often um, they'll have um, in the front cover, a lot of times your missionary editions will have- um, I say, I know underlined. Yeah. The beginning. <laughs> yeah, your missionary editions will have uh, testimonies from the people who kind of do it and, and give them out saying, you know, um, this here's a gift for you. I know it's important and I want you to read it. And so it's always kind of fun um, seeing uh, different uh, testimonials on a cover page of, a, of an edition of the Book of Mormon. Yeah, it's always just kind of it's just kind of cool because people took the time to do it, you know, and people are sincere in their beliefs and they want to share their gospel, their scriptures. And, you know, as an evangelical, I. I totally relate to that, dude. So um, in the future, um, one of my reviews is I have a 1920 edition of the Book of Mormon that was um, signed by Brigham Young's grandson. Oh, wow. And so I, I still have yet to do the research on how many grandchildren Brigham Young had. I would imagine it's a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And find that out because now I had Sandra Tanner on my program and she's the great, great granddaughter. Brigham Young. I'd love to okay. find out if, the, if she's in that line, which would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, her, her great, her grandfather or great grandfather was Brigham Young Jr. Okay. And so that, that's her line that she's in. So yeah, kind of cool. So um, I want to, before we, because I, I want to do a little bit of the commentaries and then I'd like to maybe you could give me a preview of what's coming up in some future okay. episodes. I just wanted to ask you, do you have a Pentecostal Reads the Book of Mormon? in your collection the book of mormon this was my very first book review christopher thomas um the author from the church of god cleveland tennessee um if you don't have this in your collection dude you're missing out dude i will read it i'll get it okay so this that's this this of course folks currently on gospel tangents christopher thomas is being interviewed by rick bennett and mm -hmm. i brought them together they would you know they didn't even know well so it's pretty wild dude but um and then i have well, here, you bring out a commentary. Uh, tell me a little bit about the one that has King Benjamin preaching on the cover that you showed earlier. Um, yeah, that one. Scripture study made simple. So all these made simple stuff, um, commentary, uh, the Book of Mormon. And so once again, it's, um, oh, good. It's full volume Book of Mormon and then um, a commentary around it or, you know, various, uh, uh various notes around uh, specific reasons of that particular one. Okay. And so this one was done by um, Catherine Jenkins Gordon. And I think she's the um, leader or president of Covenant Communications. Uh, yeah, Covenant Communications. It's a, it's a publisher or independent publisher um, of all things Salt Lake LDS. And they feed into Desert Book. So Okay, well, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Um, I wanted to share one here. Um, this is from uh, the RLDS from the 1960s. It's called A Commentary of the Book of Mormon, and it's done by uh, Chris B. Hartshorn. And from my understanding, I came across this at a book fair, I think the Printer's World Book Fair around 2007, 2008 in Chicago. And I, oh, look, it's like, for instance, they even have like their own proposed map, the Book Maps. of Mormon and yeah. stuff like that. And, um, and so uh, this was ubiquitous just in the 1960s and 70s, just about uh, every RLDS household had this particular commentary. Are you familiar with this one? Yeah, I've seen it before. Um, it is with the RLDS church that they would do a, 
commentary or a, a, a review book as well. So yeah, kind of interesting. And then um, what do you got? I did a presentation on this one, but this one was oh, really yeah. interesting. It was Hebrew Wars Over Christ in America. Yeah. That's and what a title. That's the synopsis of the Book of Mormon without calling it the Book of Mormon. <laughs> um, and so the, the story behind it is um, the text of the Book of Mormon itself is not in, in copyright um, format because it's public domain. Um, you know, your 1830 text of the Book of Mormon has been around for a while. Uh, what is in uh, copyright for the Salt Lake Church or any other church that publishes it is their introduction, their head, their headings or chapter headings, their footnotes or reference guides, things like that. And so this guy did interesting. He took the text of the Book of Mormon, actually the Salt Lake text of the Book of Mormon, um, took all of it out, uh, all of the... Um, headings out and just did the, the Book of Mormon and um, Salt Lake got a hold of him or connected with him and, and there was a inf copyright infringement lawsuit. And um, he had to uh, agree that he had to put in a, a titling or something like that, that this book is not part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and is not endorsed by the church. And if that was the case, then um, everyone was satisfied with it. So interesting kind of background on copyright infringement um, from Hebrew wars over Christ in America. So, wow. yeah. And so, the, so basically they just kind of made an agreement, just put that in there and you can continue publishing it. Correct. And most of the time, most all of your, even like your, your Salt Lake um, influenced, um, you know, Book of Mormon made easier, things like that. Um, they'll usually have a caption in the publication page saying, um, this book is sourced from a Salt Lake printing of the Book of Mormon, but is not endorsed by the church. And so they, let's say walk a fine line, but they are very careful to say this is not a church sanctioned Book of Mormon from Salt Lake, um, even though we reference a Salt Lake edition. So, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't realize, you know, Jonathan Neville brought it up to me when I did an interview, he says, you know, the Book of Mormon doesn't belong to the church. It belongs to the world and he yeah. said and, and we pointed out how the book of mormon actually this is the only time that a text came before the church uh the book of mormon came first and then the church came into being yeah it's just a fascinating history to think of it that way that you know so often people associate the book of mormon just with the lds branch and let's tell you a little bit like for instance i have my friend uh lynn Ridenhauer. Uh, he wrote uh, how to share the book of mormon with a baptist this is actually a screenshot a screenshot of his interview on byu tv and uh he talks at um at byu and he uses the book of mormon and preaches the gospel from, uh, from the book of mormon this copy was given to me by boyd tuttle of digital legend um he also uh publishes uh, we got to actually talk about one of their editions they talk i forgot about it um uh, a book of mormon i want to talk about but basically lynn Ridenhauer. He uses the Book of Mormon, and it's just kind of a cool story that, you know, he's not a member, uh, as a matter of fact, he's Southern Baptist, man, and he's using, so he was one of the speakers at the Book of Mormon rally. Um, I do, we, do you have your annotated Book of Mormon? Yeah. Okay, let's grab that, because I actually, I got a copy from Boyd, but I had to leave it in Salt Lake City. Here, talk a little bit about that. The annotated Book of Mormon is um, the significant person that people know of is a name by the name of Rod Meldrum. Yep. And in the 90s, 2000s, um, Rod Meldrum did some research regarding um, a new proposal of the Book of Mormon lands to be in the American Midwest, Ohio through Pennsylvania, through um, Palmyra, New York, through um Illinois and Missouri, that kind of area, if you will. And so he proposed a Book of Mormon geography theory that was not Central America geography theory. And so um, the idea caught on and quite a few people um, got with this idea and they, they, the group created this annotated Book of Mormon. So half of it is um, the text of the Book of Mormon and then other half is just pictures and um, reference guides and commentary regarding um, what's called the um, Heartland model of the Book of Mormon. And so uh, it goes through, once again, a, a good version of the Book of Mormon, but also very good in terms of talking about um, the American you know, colonial history, um, as well as um, artifacts and things like that from the American Midwest. 
Yeah, and it's what also makes that particular edition unique is they also have a red letter edition. Yeah. They also have a blue letter edition. Talk a little bit about what the blue letters are about. Blue letters are like angelic speaking. Yeah. So when either angels or the voice of the spirit comes down to either prophets of the Book of Mormon, they do angelic speaking in, in blue, I believe, in, and kind of differentiate who's talking in um, with different colors. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's like, okay, you guys on your side, you came up with a real good one there. Got to give you props. Yeah, a, a good tabletop edition. Um, this one was was printed well. I mean, the quality is print as well to kind of put on the tabletop. So yeah, so I left had to leave my copy of that because I literally had a suitcase full of Book of Mormon or books, and I was like, Rick Bennett, can you please just send uh -huh. me this in the mail? It's actually supposed to arrive today, uh, so unfortunately it will be. I don't have it here, but it will be here later today. And because uh, that's a big book, it's like five pounds, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, one one thing I want to ask you is I um I'm kind of a fan of this guy named Steve Waldron who uh, has New Albany of Georgia Church. He's a Oneness Pentecostal, and one of the one of the um, things that I, was one of the inspirations of my channel. Um, it's, it's pretty low tech, uh, but he just does all these book reviews and he used to be a Bible salesman. Okay. And, um, and by the way, it's low tech because it has over 3 million views, by the way, folks. So, but basically um, what he does is not only does he like talk about the particular, and he's a King James only guy too, just so you know, it's kind of interesting fellow, but he'll take a translation. He'll, he takes his book of Mormons, and, I mean, book Bibles, and he gets a ruler out and he does the measurements of them. Uh, and then also does like gives you the type setting or the type the type the that's font used size. Yeah, the font, the font size, size yeah. and measurements with a ruler uh you know that might be something you might want to look at doing <laughs> yeah um, actually uh, one person commented and that i still got to answer to him like what's the dimensions of a triple combination and so yeah triple combination I don't know. I've got to measure this line and this line. And yeah. this line. Okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll try to remember to leave a link for his uh, new Albany uh, that one is Pentecostal guy. Cause it's kind of interesting what he's doing. Um, uh, he's doing something right. But, uh, and I'm not a one that's Pentecostal, but I love those people. They're awesome too. <laughs> um, so let's see. Oh, uh, okay. So basically what, how often do you, uh, are you like every about, was it about every two or three weeks you come up with a new video? Yeah. Um, Lately with school and holidays and work and things like that, um, it's been an average of um, a week and a half or so. I try to get one every week and my ideal time is like Friday night to publish for Saturday and Sunday. Um, so my goal is once a week, but it's kind of been pushed back around a week and a half to two weeks as well. So. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm like, man, what's, what's going on? He hasn't put out out for a while. Um, <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got to reach out to him, make sure he's fine. Um, so one of the things I just wanted to ask you, if you could maybe just give us like a sneak peek of what's coming down the pike, uh, what, uh, what you're going to be reviewing and what you're considering reviewing. And by the way, folks, as he's getting the books, he's uh, did a really cool uh, series on illustrated book of Mormons and graphic novel types. And that was really cool. Yeah. So um, illustrating the book of Mormon has been fun because uh, the book of Mormon stories in, in, graphic view has been wonderful. One uh, that is coming out um, is this one called Primary Scriptures, oh, cool. um, Book of Mormon Stories for Kids. And it, they've got two out of three volumes um, printed. And the third volume is they're trying to get out either by Christmas or after New Year's. And so I'll give a, a, a kind of synopsis that it's a real simplified version of the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. And it's a primary version. You know, here's um, the Leahona with Nephi and oh, yeah. and so um, it's once again three volumes they've printed two and their third one's coming out so as soon as I get the third one I'll do a review on that and that's one of the let's say one of the last illustrated the performance that I have that one and who um, publishes that um oh I should know this better called text adapt adapted by jason zipro and illustrated by alicia pace oh, okay so, cool. um awesome. they'll have it uh, they'll have it probably hopefully in desert book but i think that there's an independent website as well the last one this one was interesting i haven't done it yet but it's called eye plates and it's another comic book series but it's rather than like large large amount of book of mormon in a small amount of 
comic book. This uh, comic book was like one specific story. So it's the um, story of Abinadi and King Noah. And um, they, they kind of jump around and they started, I believe, with King Noah and, uh, you know, Prophet Abinadi. And uh, they have some kind of creative liberty in terms of um, backgrounds and stories and people talking and things like that. So it's called Eye Plates. And a real, real interesting comic book. I, I need to do a little bit more research, but once again, that's coming down the pipe wow. um, for them. So I like it because, not say that they cherry pick, but um, they're doing a comic book with a very, very short um, story in the Book of Mormon, rather than trying to do a whole big, uh, large um, section of the Book of Mormon in a in a comic book. So interesting, very creative. Um, but one on my list as well as these volumes, and if you see it. Farms is a, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Farms is Farms. It's an independent group, but it's a highly, highly influenced by Salt Lake that uh, they try to do um, ancient Mormon research foundation things. Um, they partnered with Royal Skousen and, uh, and others to do um, digital printings and um, analysis of the... Uh, the printer's manuscript and the original manuscript of the Book of Mormon or what, what pieces that we have. And um, this was actually before the Joseph Smith papers. So these were printed in, oh, 80s and 90s. Okay, that's why they're still called farms. Isn't farms now like, it has a different name now, doesn't it? Yeah, so 2001, they got, it was printed and they're extremely rare, but they go through like all of the text of, uh, all of the text of the printed manual. The printed manuscript is two volumes. And the original manuscript is one volume. And so they do um, in-depth analysis of the original manuscript and the print printer's manuscript. Um, and once again, this was before the Joseph Smith Papers website and before um, Skousen's um, earliest textbook of Mormon as well. Uh, so. Really cool. Really cool. Uh, yeah, they're, they're rare. They're um, they're as well as they're so academic that only book collectors would want it for their bookshelves mm -hmm. and in-depth research, not many like families would neither yeah. want this particular one. Well, it's called Mormon Book Reviews and I think a lot of my viewers would probably be interested in something like that. Now, a lot of these books, are you just finding them like at eBay or where are you getting your stuff at? Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, about 80% of the things that I get, I, I do research eBay to look at what's available um, or what's being sold. Um, a lot of, um, let's see, a lot of bookstores in Utah will supplement their advertising to sell their books on, uh, on eBay. For example, like Eborn Books um, and a couple other book, book sellers in Utah will do, uh, you, uh, will do eBay or other um, you know, auction house websites to sell their sell their books from their from their inventory so folks just think about it i have like probably one of the premier collectors of and experts of the book of mormon uh on my program oh, such, you're, <laughs> well, too kind. you're too kind you know i didn't realize how much i knew about mormonism until i started talking about mormons and realized oh i know a lot about mormonism <laughs> you know and you know a lot about the book of mormon dude <laughs> um and so uh i just want to ask you uh, first of all folks i'm gonna leave a, another you know a, a link to uh book of mormon editions on youtube uh and you know uh I just want to thank you so much, Robert, because it was really cool having you on the first time. I'm like one of your top fans of your channel. And I just want to ask you, like, do you have any final words for my audience or any parting shots or whatever? <laughs> and, and we had mentioned it that, yeah, Salt Lake does the lion's share of the Book of Mormon printing and they should, and they've done a great job in terms of flooding the earth with the Book of Mormon. And I, I don't want to make uh light of the time that I spent on the, the independent books to, um, to do more of a spotlight on the independent books, because truly Salt Lake has done a, an amazing job in terms of their missionary experience of the Book of Mormon. That being said, I recognize that Salt Lake does not have a monopoly on the Book of Mormon, that you can see it, you know, there's quite a few publishers and independent people that love the Book of Mormon. And that's what I really find interesting is that so many people do love the Book of Mormon enough to publish it in some way or another. And there's some value to that, that truly, um, 
yeah, as you had mentioned previously, why am I okay with, you know, changes to the Book of Mormon? Or how is this the most correct book on the earth? It's because if people draw closer to Heavenly Father, to the Savior, to what they should be doing in their life to make their lives better um, by reading the Book of Mormon, good for them and good for um, the publishers of the Book of Mormon to do so. Well, here, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Robert from Book of Mormon Editions, I want to thank you so much for coming on to my program. Yeah, thank you so much. It has been so fun, this journey, and I'm so glad that I've been uh, doing it with you. And I'm glad to connect with you again, and I'll look forward to connecting again and again, too. So. I'll tell you, there's a lot of people watching your channel that I that I talk to, and they're fans, and uh, some of them are guests on my program, and they they talk about you. So you're getting, the word's getting around, dude. <laughs> so I just want to remind my audience to uh, like and subscribe. Don't forget to hit the notification button to be informed when a new uh, episode comes out. Uh, we're all going to get through this epidemic together. Things are starting to get better. Let's just... Uh, you know, follow the spirit, use common sense, and you all have yourself a great day.